0: Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, a Teen Mom Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hey, hey everyone. How are you? Before we get started, if you want to hear more from me, go to patreon.com slash Liz Explains. Sign up for my Patreon. Last week, I did a two and a half hour long episode with Kara, where we talked about Stasi's birthday trip from Vanderpump Rules, which is... Season two, Cabo. Uh, like, it's so good. It's so good. I want to do some more throwback Vanderpump Rules episodes because I just forgot how good that show was when it first came on. Um, So, Karen and I did that. this upcoming week is going to be a conversation on Kathy Griffin, Troy, and I. We already recorded. We got on the horn and we talked about the fact that both of us have stolen our entire, uh, like, comedic sense of self from Kathy and just like the impact she had on us and her book and her specials and her show and all that stuff. So I don't know if it's necessarily like a funny episode, but we got to talk about our problematic fave, Kathy Griffin. Um. So yeah, patreon.com slash Liz Explains. How are we? How is everybody? Here's the thing. Don't you guys love when I go, here's the thing. Here's the thing. This week's episode of Team Mom 2 was not very good actually watching it i felt fine I wasn't like i want to turn this off this is so boring this is so stupid i felt fine watching it I was like okay uh-huh 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 but i took two and a half pages of notes i like to have four full pages <laughs> a way that i like judge how good an episode is is by how many notes i'm taking and when i have two and a half pages nothing is happening because we're not I don't feel like I need to write anything down. When good stuff is happening, I'm writing like word for word. Sometimes I can get like four and a half to five pages. So just not a lot happened this week. So I asked people to give me AMA questions. So after I talk about the episode, which is (laughs) probably going to take like 10 minutes, I'm going to do AMA questions. I like to be able to just dip into random conversations if there's not enough happening on this show. I hope that It's not an all the time thing. I mean, last week was great. Like, I actually, so far, I've been enjoying this season more than the last couple of seasons. So I still feel fine about it. Um, Kale not being on this episode was so okay. Like, I can't fully express how okay I was with Kale not being on this episode. Cut her. Cut her. I am so bored with her. And her not being on the episode just shows, like, how little we need her. Like, I don't think Kale Filming would have added much to my notes, you know? Like, there's just not a lot going on in her life that she'll show. Apparently, she has a boyfriend that she's been seeing for over a year, and she had him on one of her podcasts this week. I don't know if, I don't think they said his name. I get, like, good for her, I guess. I guess that's good. I don't know. Has she really not been fucking having the last year? Because her and Javi fight like they fuck, right? Like, do you know what I mean by that? Like, the way that they fight and continuously fight is people who still have sex. Like, that's a very specific type of fighting that is just different from the fighting that you have with an ex that you're no longer sleeping with, i.e. Joe. Like, Joe and Kale's fights are not a couple that have sex and they don't seem like a couple that have sex. Kale and Javi's fights, they fuck. Like, I... I'm very sure of that. So who knows what the deal is with Kale and this guy? No, maybe she's polyamorous. (laughs) Could you imagine? Do you imagine trying to be in a polyamorous relationship with Kale Lowry? Oh, my God. No, thank you. So what happened this week? Okay, the big story, I guess, of the week is that Bree goes on vacation with Javi, too, and his kids, and they break up at the end of it. Here's the thing. I am pretty sure, just, like, based on how I've watched these shows, when Brie was posting, I think Brie and Javi broke up before this film, and fi- before the season started filming. I think they were broken up before that podcast was taped. Like, I think they have been broken up. And he kind of just agreed to go along with it for the storyline for half this season. I mean, not even half. We're only on episode three, right? I just, I don't buy... That they were still together. I'm my like memory of her posting online is that she got engaged and then they were broken up like almost immediately. So I think what we're watching is a recreated scene, or if not broken up. They had already caught off the engagement and he knew she was unhappy. Like, I just don't think what we're seeing on the show is like an accurate portrayal of what really happened. I've seen a lot of people be like, I don't understand why Brie seems so just like so checked out of this and like so unemotional. I will say in general, I think Brie is not a very emotive. Is that a word? A person who emotes very, um, like loudly. (laughs) I don't think she's very good at expressing her feelings. I think that's just like not not something she's good at in general. I think that she was already over Javi when we're seeing this. But I think Brie is kind just kind of weird, I guess, for lack of better words. And it reads really weird on TV, especially when she's like telling us how sad she is, but she doesn't look sad at all. (laughs) I think that has more to do with like brie and her just the way that she expresses her emotions do i think that brie like loved javi too in the beginning yes but i think by the time they got engaged i think what she was saying about how she didn't really want to get engaged but he proposed and she didn't really know what to do that all tracks to me but like i said i think they had already broken up by this point they are not acting like a couple in any way on this trip um maybe they had broken up but like weren't Totally 100% broken up. They were in that period, right? But Brie and her family and Javi and his kids go to some place called Bonita Springs in Florida. I'm not really sure where that is. Um, I I don't know. But they rent this big like lake house. It looks like it's on a lake. Something about me is that I'm not interested in ever getting in a lake in Florida. Actually, I don't like lakes. I'm not a lake person. Um, I think either you're like a beach person or a lake person if you're like an outdoor body of water type of person. Obviously, there are people that are neither. Um, but I went to sleepaway camp that had lakes and they were always so gross. We would go, if you're familiar with the Poconos, there's this really big lake called Lake Walnapaca and that is is so big that it feels a little more oceany. I'm sure like the Great Lakes feel pretty oceany. Um, so like those lakes maybe are fine, but lakes in Florida have alligators in them that I'm uninterested in. <laughs> I'm uninterested in encroaching on their space. I also just don't like the muck at the bottom of lakes and the way that they smell and that it's like standing water. I just much more prefer. The beach, or even the bay, you know, like I don't mind the muck at the bottom of the bay. I think that's just like I grew up sailing, and so I spent a lot of time like standing in muck um, <laughs> during sailing. But something about lakes, just like bleh, I don't know, they kind of give me the creeps. But they rent this big, beautiful home. It looked really pretty. I I would have liked like go there, just not go in the lakes. But I was like, oh, that actually looks really nice. I would like to be on that vacation. They go jet skiing and basically Brie tells us that she won't be sleeping in the same room as Javi while he's there. It's just about the kids. They're not really going to talk. This just doesn't read to me like a couple that's still together, you know? And the episode ends with Bree telling us that they got into a huge fight. She ended things. He asked for the ring back. And I thought this was very funny. It was Brittany was like, knew what she was trying to get Brie to say, because <laughs> Brittany's like, so did you give the ring back? And Brie's like, well, he asked for it. And Britt's like, okay, so how did you give the ring back? Like, she knew there had to be more to this story. And Brie goes, I threw it outside. I told him to go find it. <laughs> that really made me laugh. <laughs> good riddance to Javi, too. You know, good riddance. Oh, there is an interesting part where apparently the fight was caused because the Ashley posted an article about Chris signing the Teen Mom contract. And in that article, she wrote that MTV was not there when they filmed the podcast. And so Javi was like, yo, what the fuck? You were lying to me. And she was like, no, no, I wasn't. And I found this really interesting because I was like, oh, the Ashley absolutely got that wrong. We know MTV was there because we saw MTV. Like, we saw the whole thing. We saw them first meeting, we saw them going on that little outing together. We saw the recording. I was like, wow, okay, that's fun. Actually, like, let's do this more. Like, take the teen mom blogs, which there are not many of them still reporting, and show us on TV, like, exactly if they got wrong or right. So, I mean, good riddance to Javi, too. I don't know if Bree's, like, I don't know if she's meant to have a relationship with a man. Like, has she ever liked a man? I'm not sure. Maybe she needs to try dating women. Honestly, <laughs> like, not like I. She just doesn't seem to ever be actually interested. But once again, like maybe that's just how her emotions are. Maybe that's just like how she reads on camera. Maybe in private, she's like a lot different. And I understand some people just like aren't lovey-dovey and they're not touchy-feeling. Like that's fine. But like, I don't think Brie, like, could ever pass a lie detector tests, like, saying that she likes these guys that she's with. I don't think we've, like, ever seen her that way. Kara actually texted me today and was like, has Brie ever liked a man? And I was like, I honestly don't know. <laughs> like, I really don't know. Okay. Um, we're gonna very quickly talk about Ashley because, Truly nothing happened in this episode with them, except that Holly did a little birthday photo shoot wearing a Kinsiera dress and a horse was there. <laughs> so fucking cute. Holly is the cutest Teen Mom 2 kid for sure. I think probably the cutest kid in the whole series. You know, not to like, rank babies, but like toddler Aubrey with that little voice of hers was so cute. Totter, totter. Toddler Bentley, when he was in his peak what I call his cutie patootie phase when he had that, like, super strong accent. That was just so, so, so cute. And then Holly. I think those are, like, my three favorite team mom babies. Um, Holly is so cute. And she looked, it. this looked so silly in, like, such a funny and endearing way. Like, I just love the idea of, a photographer advertising that like your baby can take pictures with a Cinderella carriage that's her size along with a white mini horse. <laughs> it's probably animal abuse. Like <laughs> Oh, but it was so cute. So this whole episode is about how Ashley and Barr aren't together, but like Ashley and Barr are together. I don't, he even says like, we still act as a couple. Ashley is really annoying with this, that I think what happens is they get into these big fights. Ashley declares they're broken up. She tells everybody in her life that they're broken up. And then she gets kind of embarrassed because then they're having sex like two days later. Ashley and Barr, we know they're best friends. They get along really well when they're getting along. They're very attracted to one another. I think that they, have a lot of sex would be my guess. I'd be surprised to find out if they weren't having a lot of sex. I think they have like a really physically intimate relationship as well as like just getting along very well when they're not fighting. You know, that like sounds silly to say, like, obviously, if they're not fighting, they're getting along. But we've talked about this extensively, right? Like they're one of the first couples that we've seen on Teen Mom that seems like genuinely enjoy each other and have like a true friendship and spending time with one another. We just don't see that on this show almost ever. So I believe that like when things are good, she's like, oh, whoops, actually, I do want to be with Barr, but I've told everyone we're not together. So I have to like keep telling everyone we're not together because they have that house has more than two bedrooms. But I'm going to guess they're still in the same bedroom. You know, like I'm guessing they're still sleeping in the same bed. There's this weird scene of Ashley being like, I have to go get Holly and Barr is like, oh, I can go get her. And then he like stops. He's like, well, I guess I can't. And she's like, yeah, you don't have a license. I was like, does bar drive around without a license a lot? Like, do they forget cameras were there for a second? And he's like, oh yeah, I'll go get her. And then she was like, hey, asshole, cameras are here and you're not allowed to drive because you don't have a license. <laughs> kind of wondering if that's the case. Ugh. T and Ted, Pastor T and Ted are like we have no fucking idea what's going on with them. They say they're not together, but they live together and they act like they're together and she's not filing for a divorce. Also, Ashley is so stoned in one of her confessional scenes. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed, but she first of all, she looks beautiful. She's wearing this, like, white headband. She looks so good, but she can barely keep her eyes open. <laughs> like, she is so stoned. <laughs> we know that she smokes pot. She talks about it on, like, social media. I wonder if they'll ever make pot, like more of a part of Teen Mom as a show. Like, for legal states, why shouldn't they? That has always had, like, a weird place in reality TV, I feel like, where it's almost never, like, directly shown, but so many people on reality TV are stoners. And I wonder if now that, like, legalization has happened in so many states, if it's going to become more prominently, openly used. I don't know. I'm curious about that. Okay, so that's really it. Holly has a birthday party. That's cute because she's very cute. Okay, with Leah, according to her, Jalen has not met the girls yet, which, LOL, LOL, because we know he met Addie the first time that she met him in person. We can read the fucking article, Leah. I I know I'm beating a, a dead horse with this. I know I've been raging about this every episode, but it's just, it's infuriating and it doesn't make sense. They're like okay, so we're going to pretend like Jalen and Leah aren't together. And he just like happens to be driving from Georgia to West Virginia regularly. And like, he's just going to like happen to like come over to Leah's house like for a couple of hours. Like, no, he's clearly driving to West Virginia to go see the girl that he's sleeping with. I mean, they weren't together technically yet. They didn't become boyfriend and girlfriend officially until they go to Costa Rica, which I think is in the next episode, or at least they're planning for the trip in the next episode. So I guess they're not like technically boyfriend and girlfriend yet. But like, he's clearly going to West Virginia to see Leah. <laughs> like, it seems like they keep saying it's a very long drive. Um, I did. So I did actually listen to Leah and Jalen on Ashley's podcast, which I like had kind of mentioned last week, but I hadn't listened to it. Just like a user told me about it. A user. It's not Reddit. Somebody that listens to my podcast and comments on my Instagram told me about it. <laughs> um, I use like user for Reddit, but I don't like to use that for Instagram. So she was like, you should listen to it. I was like, I don't really want to. So she recapped it. And then um, I decided to listen to at least a little bit of it. I put it on 1.5 speed. So Jalen and Leah are on the podcast. Um, They talk about the fact that They they're saying that they've been together for a year because apparently they've been talking since like March of 2021, which I guess is true. I mean, I don't know how serious they were talking. I don't know if I believe that, but fine. We can give them a year. And they're talking about moving in together and they're going to move in together like full stop soon. And Leah basically, I mean, not basically, but he has been living in West Virginia since soon after they started dating. First, they were, like, almost right after we started dating. And then he said something about Thanksgiving. So he's been in West Virginia since at least uh, November. He did say that he went to college in West Virginia. So it's not like he just, like, has nothing to do with West Virginia, which made a lot of sense. So I was like, okay, that, that makes more sense And part of, like, it seems... It makes more sense why he was, like, willing to just move there and to be driving back and forth there. Um, I understood that. I understood that a little more. But he apparently has been living there since at least Thanksgiving um, or at the latest Thanksgiving. They spend every single night together to the point that if Jalen went to his house, according to Leah, the girls would be, like, confused and wondering where he's going. They'd be like, why is Jalen leaving? Why isn't he here? Yeah, because they live together. <laughs> and he, they kept being like, well, he officially has his own place. But, you know, it doesn't financially make sense for him to keep his own place. As soon as the lease is up, we're going to move in together. Yes, we're moving in together. Yes, we're moving in together. Yes, we're moving in together. Like, emphatically, like, we are moving in together very soon. Um, So, yeah, Leah's really taking it slow, guys. You know, famously, Leah and her guard up. <laughs> just so, so stupid. Um, Okay, so the big story of this episode is that Allie, well, first of all, the twins are going to junior high, as they call it, which is so hard to believe. And Allie needs to start using her wheelchair outside of school. Apparently, she always uses it at school, but they haven't made her use it at home. I mean, this has been a storyline for six years, right? I will say, I don't know if we've heard Allie Speaking in the last couple of years, we've heard Aaliyah, right? Like she's always having those like after-school special talks with Aaliyah. By the way, Grace mostly goes by Aaliyah now, her real name. She said that she doesn't like people recognize her and say that, "Oh, you're Gracie from Teen Mom," and she just prefers to be called Aaliyah. So I'm gonna try and remember to call her Aaliyah. And I noticed Leah is always calling her Aaliyah, so I think she just likes to go by her first name now. Visually, I know that Aaliyah and Allie are teenagers or tweens about to be teenagers, but Allie just sounded so mature in this episode. And I was like, oh my God, we're getting so old. The babies are growing up. They're teenagers. Oh my goodness. But Allie doesn't want to use her wheelchair. This, it's, uh, I it's just like, it's the same thing that Leah has been talking about for years, that Allie doesn't want to do it. But she's going to make her, but she's not really making her. Allie has been falling a lot. Uh, Leah wants her to wear the knee pads. Allie doesn't want to wear them. I really feel for Allie here. I mean, it is hard enough to be 12, right? And then I would imagine it's really hard to be 12 and also have a disability. And she doesn't want to be different. And she wants to be like her friends and her sister. And that's why I had always advocated that they should be using the wheelchair more when she was younger. So, like, that when she's 12 and already going through the hardest, like, time of a kid's life, right? Like, puberty and middle school and, like, changing bodies and so aware of peers and what your peers think of you and peer pressure and just trying to navigate all of that, which is so fucking hard. She also has to navigate now getting used to using a wheelchair, And I, I mean, I just, I feel for her. I feel for Leah, but I think that her and Corey both made some mistakes in kind of letting this get away from them until now they have a 12 year old who does not want to comply, but seems to be in like real physical danger. She's falling and really hurting herself. Um, I, I feel for them, of course, Oh, by the way, there's a scene where Jalen and Lee are talking about the kids. And he's like, oh, yeah, from, like, social media, I know that Addie is, like, a big personality. And I'm like, okay, this is such a weird conversation because clearly you know this from meeting them. But also, like, from the TV show that Lee is on that you absolutely watch episodes of because you have to be wild to agree to go on a TV show that you never watch any episodes of. But, yeah, I don't know. I just... (laughs) I just don't really understand why they're playing the relationship out like this. And also, I just really feel for Allie. Okay, let's take a little quick break. We're going to quickly run through Jade because once again, not much is happening. So in a shocking, shocking, shocking turn of events, Christy does not come to Chloe's surgery. Who could have ever guessed? Certainly not me. Certainly not me. I would have no idea. That Christy wouldn't come. She says that she's throwing up, she has a stomach flu, blah, 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 blah. Surgery goes okay, and Christy comes over and lets Jade know that she's going to have to do 45 days in jail. Apparently, (laughs) the story is three, I think she said three years ago, which I guess would make sense like COVID and everything backed up. I don't know. It sounded like she said three years ago, your dad and I got pulled over. There was a roach in the car, it wasn't mine. But I got charged with it. And so I could either plead guilty and take the 45 days or go to uh, go to trial. But I would probably lose. So she took the 45 days. Jade is like, okay. Jade, actually, her response was, yeah, I watch all those prison documentaries and I don't think I'd be good at going to prison. (laughs) Poor Jade. She's so desensitized to this shit. So poor girl. Um, but that, that's Jade's reaction. And then Chrissy drops the other bomb, of course, of course, that her lease is up during the 45 days that she's in jail. And so she's not going to have somewhere to live. And can Chrissy please just live with Jade for a little bit when she comes back? Of course, of course, of course. And Jade is like, well, I just really don't want your drama. I just don't want to deal with that. And Chrissy's like, "That." That's fine for a regular person, but not your mom. Oh, she's such a manipulative bitch. She's so manipulative. Um, Jade's friend comes over and they're talking about it. And Jade's like, my mom's just really worried about losing weight because there's nothing to do in there. You just eat and lay around, which is definitely true for county jail Um if you don't know, county jail is where people go when they're either awaiting trial or doing under a certain amount of time. I believe in Pennsylvania, it's two years. If your sentence is under two years, you stay in county jail. If it's over two years, you go to state prison. But I think there's, maybe it's a a year. I don't know. But there's like some, you know, there's conditions that change things. But I'm, I seem to remember with my ex that it was under two years. But also, maybe it's a year. It's essentially for short stays. Um, because going to prison is kind of like this whole process in which, at least in the state of Pennsylvania, when you first go to state prison, you go to this place called Great Um Everybody in the state, my understanding is everybody in the state goes there, and they get processed, and it takes a couple months. And basically, they decide like what your risk level is, what your needs, I'm using that in quotation marks because they don't really care about what your needs are, etc. And then you get sent to like the place that you're going to do your stay at. Now you can always get moved around. In the federal system, they move you around all of the time. It's kind of part of how they punish you. Um, they like Because prisoners get very comfortable in their cells, right? Like humans adapt and they get comfortable at the person that they're at. And so, like, a way to fuck with prisoners is to, like, move them around to different institutions. I don't know how often that really happens in state prison, but in federal prison, that's, like, a really big thing to get moved around. But in prison, you have a job, you have more rights. Um, I think you can smoke in some state prisons still. There, It's just uh I would say in some ways it's a lot harder to be in prison, of course, because oftentimes you're with people who have like higher criminal, like have done worse criminal offenses than you would find in county jail. But also, I mean, there are murders in Southern County Jail waiting for trial. But you're you're with people who have done worse, um, people who have nothing to lose because they have really long bids. And oftentimes you're like pretty far from your family But in general, I think most, my understanding is like most prisoners prefer to be in prison versus county because in county, you usually don't really have a job. Uh, The facilities are a lot worse. Like prisons are nicer for what it's worth. I mean, because they're anticipating a long stay. So that's what Jade is saying when she's like, no, I think it's better to be in prison than jail. She's right to an extent. It's kind of... (laughs) You know, like, <laughs> it's one of those things where you're picking the worst of two options. But in many ways, prison is better to be in than county jail. Uh, they talk about Sean and she's like, I only get one 10-minute phone call with him a week. It's so hard. And I'm like, that's probably good. Honestly, like, that's probably for the best that Sean is not allowed to be calling all of the time. Now, that's an extremely short amount of time. And I'm wondering... Because I think she said he was going to a three-month program, and I was really happy about that. I kind of wonder if they're still in the first month, and, like, he gets an increased amount of contact, like, as he moves up in the program. That's, like, oftentimes how it's done. Um, Sometimes you'll be, like, on total blackout for the first couple weeks. At some places, you have, like, unlimited phone calls, essentially. So it really just depends on the program. But I'm, like, I think probably that's good for Sean to not have to, like... I mean, it's not really fair, right? Because it's not fair to Jade, who is at home raising Chloe and has to, like, deal with all of their life. And she can't even talk to Sean. But being with a partner with addiction issues isn't really fair. It's just not really a fair life for you. So I think from Sean's or the rehab's perspective is that Sean is able to just, like, be there and concentrate on himself And not be also like dealing with the drama of home because most addicts have a ton of drama at home and that, but also at the same time, like if you totally shut yourself off to that, I think you're setting yourself up for failure once you do like transition back into the regular world. If you're, if your rehab is like so locked away that you're like in culture shock once you get out, like that's an issue too, which is why I suspect there's probably like a step up program throughout the three months. I don't know. I saw a picture of Sean. He looked good. I think he got veneers because I was like this. His face looks totally different. He seems okay, which is good. I mean, it's I'm glad that he went for three months and that MTV doesn't seem to have anything to do with him being there. I mean, I'm sure they paid for it, but they're not like filming him while he's there. Not like Amber. (laughs) This is not a, a filmed rehab. So I don't know. I hope he's okay. There's also this weird moment in which Jade is like, Chloe, aren't you so glad that daddy's going to come home soon and be all better? He's going to be all better. That's why he went away to get help. And he's going to be all better. And I'm like, they (laughs) see. I don't know. I understand. I think it is right to tell Chloe that like daddy's away at the doctor because he's not well, because that's true. And Chloe is very young, right? She's three. And I don't I don't know if she has like a total concept of a lot of stuff. So I don't know if you... Need to be like, and then it's going to be really hard for daddy and daddy might relapse. Like, I don't think that's what you say, but something about Jade being like, and then he's going to be perfect. It's like, he's probably not. And that's really, truly all that happened on Team Mom 2 this week, (laughs) which is why I asked for AMA questions, because this is only a 30 minute episode and that is not long enough for a podcast. So I'm going to answer some of these questions. Okay, the first one is, (laughs) tell us the day in the life of Liz Bentley. I mean, it's not that exciting. I get up around like 6.30 every day because I like to lay in bed for like a full hour before I have to like get up and get ready. I go to work. I get to work at 8.30. I'm there until 5.30. Um, At work, I sometimes will go for a walk at lunch. Sometimes I try and walk after work. I have not been working out nearly as much as I should trying to like mentally get back into the routine, but it's hard. Um, I really want to get back into yoga. It's just my schedule doesn't make it very easy. So if it's a night I have class, I leave work a little early and then I go to campus and then I come home. If it's a night I don't have class, I usually will like Sometimes I'll go do some stuff after work, like go to the mall. I work really close to a big mall or, like, go to Target or grocery shopping or whatever. And then I come home and I do homework or I, like, talk to my friends, whatever, hang out. And then usually I try to be asleep by, like, 1030. So it's pretty boring, um... (laughs) My life is pretty boring, but in a good way. And obviously I spend the majority of my day at work because I'm a slave to capitalism. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Uh, Okay, next question. Do we know if Kesha ever acknowledged Janelle's feathers in my hair moment? I don't know if Kesha did. I think she did. But there's a really funny Rihanna video where she uses that moment to, like, promote her tour. (laughs) It's Janelle being like... That's why I got all these feathers in my hair, because I'm going to. And then it, like, it like blacks out. It's like, Rihanna's tour. <laughs> so she did, because if you guys don't know, um, Rihanna loves... I switch in between calling her Rihanna and Rihanna, but it's Rihanna, right? So how I do Brianna and Brianna, like, I know I switch in between them interchangeably. Oh, God. But Rihanna does... Um, she loves reality TV if you guys don't know. Like she's a huge Bravo head and I would guess that she was probably watching Teen Mom back in the day, which is why she saw that and was like that's so funny we need to use that for the tour video. This is interesting. Do you think Kale's podcast will continue to flourish if she isn't on Teen Mom 2 any longer? That I'm not quite sure. I think yes because I think what's important to remember is that we have entered the world of influencers, right? In which like If you have a platform and you continue to put out content, you can make money and you'll be pretty relevant regardless of if you're on TV or not. And I think Kale has done a good job at establishing herself as an influencer. And yes, she got the platform from the shows, but I'm not like I think that she'll be able to continue them after she's not on Team Mom 2. Will she be able to do three podcasts successfully? I'm not sure. I I mean, doing three podcasts, even when she's on the show, I'm like, how do you possibly have that much to talk about? <laughs> Especially because they're all about her life. Like, it's so confusing to me. And I also think that when she's not on the show, um, she'll have like the people that care about her tuning in even more because that's going to be their access to her. I also think Kale's very good at telling stories about herself. You guys know, I think that Kale has the gift of the gab, no matter how insufferable she is. I think that she's actually quite good on podcasts. And I think that she has a pretty dramatic life when she talks about it. And she's way more open on the podcast than she is on TV. So I think as long as she continues to be like open and honest, I'm using honest in quotation marks, but open and willing to tell stories, whether they're the truth or not, I guess I should say, that her podcast will continue to do well. Because she really, all things considered, like, doesn't use the show that much to promote the podcast. Like, yes, it has been on the show. She's talked about it on the show. But I'm not sure, like, if she, in this season of Teen Mom, like, showed that she was podcasting, if that would be getting her any new listeners. I feel like everybody who knows that Kale has a podcast is already listening, And I don't think leaving Teen Mom would change her listeners because although she does talk about like what's going on on the show, she talks about her life and what's happening on the show. So I think as long as she continues to talk about her life and she continues to post a lot on social media, I think, yeah, her podcast will like continue to do well. Um, I think that Kale, I know people don't like to hear this because they hate Kale and I don't like Kale either, but I think that Kale has done a very good job at establishing herself as a brand. I would say she's really second only to Chelsea. Like, Kale's not getting an HGTV show, and her engagement isn't anywhere close to Chelsea, but she has a lot of fucking followers. She has a lot of spawn con. She has these podcasts. And I think that Kale's going to be like a famous person for a long time after Teen Mom. I think that she'll be on Celebrity Big Brother. She'll go on another Marriage Boot Camp. She'll go on I'm a Celeb. Get me out of here if they bring that back. Maybe she'll do a Celebrity season of Survivor. Like, I think she'll do that type of shit where she's like still on reality TV and getting exposed to even more audiences. So in conclusion, yes, um, but also it's, like, I don't know if she'll do all three of them for a while, but I think, like, coffee convos or a version of that will, she'll be doing that and making money off of that for quite a while. Okay, um, curious if you started watching Sister Wives when it was first on air. Have your thoughts completely changed or did you nail them right from the beginning you have all the right opinions on them? <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> I love to hear that. By the way, I don't know if anybody listens to Bitch Sesh, but they do occasionally they'll do a Sister Wives episode and they did one. (laughs) They are like so pro-Robin and came out anti-Christine. And it was genuinely so shocking that I kind of loved it, even though I like almost all of their opinions and their takes were totally wrong. I was like, this is so refreshing because I only ever hear the same shit about Sister Wives all of the time. And so this is like really funny to hear. So I suggest that if you like are interested in hearing some like off the wall, not your typical Sister Wives opinions. If you're, if you listen to the pods and you read the subreddit and shit, like the Bitch Sesh ladies have different opinions. Now, have I pegged them from the beginning? Yes. I've talked about this on my Patreon. I, around the time that this show came out, I was already obsessed with memoirs of women that had left the FLDS. So I already understood that religious patriarchal polygamy, what I call it, I don't, it's different from polyamory. It's religious patriarchal polygamy. That is what the Browns practice. That is what fundamentalist Mormonism practices. I already knew it was inherently uh, unethical, inherently unfair, and in that it was inherently toxic, and in that there could be no healthy relationships in religious patriarchal polygamy the way that the fundamentalist Mormons have set it up. Now, I did do an episode of Patreon a long time ago at this point. I've been doing my Patreon for two years, by the way. Like, it's about, to, I think, the two-year anniversary is this week. And I guess it was at the beginning of April. Because say's March 26th. Isn't that the day that we left work? I don't remember. But I get laid off, like, within five days of March twenty-six, I think. And then I started the podcast, the Patreon, at maybe the next day, if not that day. Or I, like, started the idea of the Patreon. So happy two years to the Patreon, which really means happy two years to the pandemic. Remember, it was called Out of Work Liz at the beginning. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Okay. But what I... Oh, so I watched these... uh, This show that was called My Three Wives, maybe? And it was about a religious fundamentalist Mormon group that lives in, like, this one town that's, like, built into the rocks, like... Their houses are, like, built into the mountains. It's very weird. But there was one couple on there that I – well, couple. There was one relationship on there where I was, like, I think they genuinely have a happy marriage. Like, I think that they really love each other. And I'm pretty sure the wives were having sex and that the three of them were having, like, like, threesomes. Like, because that's how it works. And I'm not saying all polyamorous relationships are like that. But I do not think it's possible for there to be healthy religious patriarchal polygamy where one man has independent relationships with multiple women, but they're all supposed to be, like, in one family and coexist, but they're not supposed to have relationships with one another, and they're not really supposed to talk about their husband with one another beyond the basics. And, like, I just knew that that was fucked up because I'd been reading all of these FLDS memoirs, and so I... I was never fooled by them, but I think because I was in a u- unique position, I think that if I had never read them, I probably would have been fooled by them or would have been a little more like to each his own. Um, like, everybody can make their own choices. Like, I think I would be like that. But because those were so burned into my head, I was like, well, just because they wear regular clothes doesn't mean that this is any healthier. Okay. Do you have step-siblings? I know you've mentioned having step-parents. Yes, I have one step-brother. He is five or six years younger than me. He lives in Miami, and I like him a lot. He's very great. We just don't really have an independent relationship outside of our parents because we have never lived in the same place. We have not spent a ton of time together, but when we do spend time together, it's really nice. We get along very well. We've, like, done Christmases together in Key Largo, and we just, he doesn't really come up here. My stepmom goes down there. We saw him a lot more, obviously, when I lived in Florida and my stepmom still lived in Florida or when I lived in Florida and they were like coming down to visit. But now that my stepmom lives in Pennsylvania and I live in Pennsylvania, I don't see him because she usually goes to Miami to visit um, because she visits not just him, but like all of her friends and family that are down there because she's lived down there since almost her entire life. So I just don't, I don't really see him, but I, I like him a lot. And his girlfriend is like a, a dolphin trainer. <laughs> he has a really cool girlfriend, but yes, I have a stepbrother and he's pretty great. He's become a, a pilot. He got his pilot's license and he just got a new job and it's cool. And maybe I'll be able to fly for free. <laughs> okay. Um, Favorite baby names especially need ideas for boy names. So I do like names, I do like thinking of baby names off the top of my head. I really like gender neutral names and I really like masculine names for girls. But like for boys, I really like (laughs) I like Morgan, Quinn, Carrie, like with a C. I really like those names for boys. um, There are a bunch of names I like. Sebastian. My nephew is Leo. I think that's a great name. I think Leo is such a nice name. I love Miles. I love this trend of like old timey names coming back. I love George, Henry, uh, Charlie. I like Charlie. I don't like Charles that much. Uh, but Charlie I think is very cute, but I think you should give your children full names. Um, that's just like, I, I think I'm biased towards that because I'm a Liz who's also an Elizabeth and I like having a full name. Um, that's not, I, I don't know. It's like obviously part of my identity and it always has been, but I like that I have, like, a nickname and a full name. It gives me a little variety in my life. So I like Charlie. I love Jack, but full name John. I really like, like, traditionally preppy names because... In my heart, I am just, like, a preppy person wearing lily sir, and everything in my life is pink and green. Uh, But yeah, Morgan, Quinn, Carrie. I just saw a post on Name Nerds on Reddit the other day that was asking for, like, truly gender-neutral names, and I was like, yes, 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 I love those. I love, love, love them. Okay. Um, Oh, I know you're over a lot of Janelle shit. Same, is what she says. But can you talk about her illness faking? So, (sighs) Kind of. I haven't been closely following this because I'm over the Janelle shit. I don't find it entertaining. Uh, I don't find her entertaining anymore. So I just, I don't really follow her stuff. I don't click on the Reddit posts about her. I just don't care about Janelle. But I have been like loosely following this. And Janelle, um, Janelle is trying to get diagnosed with a chronic illness. And she recently got a fibromyalgia diagnosis. And I, this is what Janelle does. And I think a lot of people think this is, like, related to David and the abusive relationship she's in. And I'm sure that is to an extent. Like, she's so miserable. She's probably making herself physically sick. And, or maybe she really does have a chronic illness. Maybe really, she really does have fibromyalgia, for all we know. But like, Janelle has always talked about, like, ailments and making herself sick when at one point Kiefer was making these, like, wood pipes like, smoking pipes in her apartment. And then she said that the pipes gave her black lung, you know, like, minors get. (laughs) Like, this is just kind of, like, who Janelle is. I think it's a doctor shopping thing. I think that she wants pills. I think that there are probably some other things going on. One, I would guess that the positive attention that Janelle got from Barbara and, like, a loving attention that Janelle got from Barbara when she was a child was when she was sick. It's not that, and we've talked about this, right? It's not that Barbara wasn't there physically, but she was very mean. She just didn't have, like, the emotional ability to, like, comfort Janelle and, like, be a loving and tender mother towards Janelle. So I wonder if maybe being sick was, like, a positive association in her head with, like, getting love. I think she likes the attention it gives her. Um, I think she likes being able to post on TikTok every day about how sick she is. I don't necessarily believe that Janelle's going to all of these appointments. People keep posting on Reddit, like, how does Janelle afford these appointments? Because every day she's like, I got an MRI. I got a CAT scan. I saw this specialist. And I'm like, I'm not so sure Janelle's actually going to these doctors. This could all be a pathological lie. Like, all of this could just be a total lie. Um, I think that that Janelle's a liar in general. Janelle likes attention in general. And Janelle is somebody that like, super different than lying, like, because she flat out lies. She super exaggerates things. So I think all of those things together have really, like, really allowed for her to flourish in this, like, illness space. And like I said, for all I know, she really does have physical, like, she really does have some sort of chronic illness. There's no way to know. But my best guess is that she kind of gets high I mean, she gets high off the attention and she also gets high off the drugs that doctors give her for being in pain. Thoughts on TikToker Melinda Strauss. Okay, this is a good and interesting one. I, oh, I'll, uh, okay, I think that Melinda, okay, Melinda is a TikToker who is what is known as modern orthodox. She lives a, in many ways, very traditional Jewish life an orthodox life, but is also a little more worldly than like Hasidic people. Like my best friend Thea um isn't quite modern orthodox, but her life is a lot more similar to a modern orthodox person than a Hasidic person. She, But she doesn't like totally fully fit into modern orthodoxy. But Melinda like very much does. She is a married woman who doesn't cover her hair, if you know that Jewish Orthodox women cover their hair. She wears pants, which Jewish Orthodox women don't do. Um, They watch TV and they're just like very much part of the world. Um, So that's what Melinda is. She's modern Orthodox. She lives in Long Island and like that. There's a huge modern Orthodox community there. One of my very good friends grew up modern Orthodox, like in the town that she lives in. So she posts these really digestible Jewish life videos like they were they're good videos and they're really educational. And I think that she does a really good job of explaining to people that don't know anything about Judaism or really also anything about Orthodox Judaism, because the reality is most Reform people like don't know shit about what Orthodox people do because it's just so different. Conservative people, people that go to a conservative temple, like have a little more understanding because they're more traditional. But, like, a lot of Jewish people, like, don't know about Orthodoxy. The only reason I know about it is because my best friend became Orthodox. That's really the only reason I know about Orthodoxy. And I know a lot about it because of that. But Melinda, like, she'll show herself getting ready for Shabbos and she will... Like, when she's doing something that she realizes she's doing because it's a religious tradition, she'll, like, stop what she's doing and film it and explain why she's doing it. She does a lot of question and answers, and she just is, like, really good at making these digestible educational short videos. Now, Melinda Strauss is a fucking trumper, which I figured out very early because when I first started getting her videos, I sent it to Thea, and I was like, oh, look, like, this lady's doing a good job. Because I just send Thea Orthodox content. (laughs) It's just something we do, right? And like this lady's doing a good job. And so I was like scrolling back on her account and I saw a video of her husband like wrapped in a Trump flag, davening, praying like the day before Election Day. And I was like, oh, she's a Trumper. Okay. So I never followed her, but I got her on my For You page a lot and I watched her videos, but like I knew. And I also am familiar with Orthodox Judaism. And so I know that most Orthodox Jew- Jews are Trumpers and they're very politically conservative. And like Thea's community is being torn apart by politics and they have like split into two camps, like a liberal camp and a conservative camp. And they are having like the same cultural wars that like a lot of other communities are having, right? Right. Um, And the conservatives are very loud and they're a very large faction. Where she lives, it's not as much because she lives in a generally more liberal community. Like, in general, um, this would be too hard to explain without taking, like, two hours to explain it. But, like, people like Melinda who live in, like, the five towns of New York, the Orthodox there are usually pretty conservative. Like, politically conservative. I mean lines up with a lot of their values, but also it doesn't. It's so, (sighs) that's besides the point. I knew she was a Trumper, but I still, like, watched her stuff because I also know that, like, if there is going to be a big Orthodox creator, they're most likely going to be a Republican. Like, it's just what it is. And I didn't like her person, like, I wasn't, like, Oh, I think she's so amazing. I love her. I was like, no, I think she makes good videos about Judaism, but she's like a hardcore Trumper. So a couple of months ago, she was like blowing up, blowing up, like getting bigger and bigger. I was getting her videos all of the time. Truly every day I was getting a video of hers on my for you page. Like, and I don't follow her. So that was like TikTok pushing her on. I mean, I get a lot of Jewish content, but like tick the reason I know that this was TikTok pushing her is because I haven't gotten a video from her in Months, weeks, and a long time. I think months. It must be months now. I've not gotten a Melinda video and I have not like changed the way that I use TikTok at all, right? Like my algorithm is still the same. So a couple months ago, people start posting like Melinda because I, it's what happens when anybody like starts getting really popular, right? Like she had gotten like she had a few mess, a few missteps, and then she was on a cruise. And her daughter got braids on the cruise, you know, like the white girl goes to the Caribbean type of thing. And a lot of people were like, you shouldn't do that. And she kind of ignored it. And so the Trump stuff started coming up again, which had not. And she had made a real effort to like scrub her accounts of Trump stuff. But like, first of all, a lot of us saw it with our own eyes and a lot of people had screenshots. So it starts going around like Melinda's a Trumper, Melinda's a Trumper, Melinda's a Trumper, and people are like so upset. And I'm kind of like, what did you expect? Like (laughs) probably every, almost every Orthodox person on here making videos is probably a Trumper. Like it's just the reality. Um, But I also have to remember, like, these people don't know Orthodox Jews, so of course they're surprised by it, I guess. I think that they were unsure of how somebody who seemed so open-minded, because Melinda is in many ways quite open-minded with the way that she talks about, like, other religions and things like that. Um, So I think they were like, how can somebody who's open-minded be a Trumper? Uh, Melinda flipped out, and a lot of these accusations came up on, like, Friday night and Saturday during the day. And if you don't know, Orthodox Jews don't use technology from Friday night to Saturday night. And so she, when she gets back online and sees that, this is blown up again, despite the fact that she tried to kind of scrub her internet history of it, but the internet's forever, she was like you know, it's really anti-Semitic that you would be posting this stuff on when you knew I couldn't respond, which is truly the worst response ever. Right. And then she tried to do this like that was so long ago. And like she was going to Trump rallies in 2020. And people are like, it was literally less than two years ago. Like, what are you talking about? Like you were at rallies. It wasn't like you just happened to vote for Trump. Like you are a Trumper, like full blown Trumper. And she just had this terrible response to it. And everybody was so upset. And then TikTok stopped showing me her videos. <laughs> Obviously, because she got a lot of pushback from people, I'm going to guess people, a lot of people hit not interested in all her content. A lot of people reported her. And so I don't know if she also, maybe she took a break. And when you take a break, sometimes the algorithm will never push you again. But yeah, that's what I think about Melinda Strauss. I think that for me it was a real duh that she was and it wasn't surprising and I was kind of surprised that other people were surprised and I think that she made really good videos but I mean I guess it's good that people know her views um because like if you're going to be advertising yourself as this like open-minded platform which she really did then like people should know if they're like oh my god she's so open-minded and great they should also know that she like strongly supports Trump okay Um, Top three episodes of television in the past five years. Episodes. I don't, I don't know about episodes. I think I'd have to think about it more. Um, But Station Eleven was the best show I've seen in years. And the flashback episode of theirs when they're doing the play in the apartment, if you've watched Station Eleven, you know what I'm talking about, is, probably the best episode of tv i've seen in 10 years. It's so fucking good. It's so good. Um i just watched season 2 of Starstruck, which is on HBO Max. You can truly watch both seasons in a day. It's six like 25 minute episodes. It's so sweet. I love it so much. It's like the cutest sweetest little show. So, i don't know, maybe the last episode of season 2 and just because it's like fresh on my mind right now. Atlanta season three finally premiered. Atlanta has not been on air since before the pandemic, I'm pretty sure. Like, (laughs) because, yeah, I'm pretty sure Atlanta has not been on since like the summer of 2019. It has been so long and I was so hyped for it to come back. And then in season three, episode one, I'm it's just, like, some random characters. And like, of course Atlanta would do this, right? Like, if you watch Atlanta, it's not surprising that they would do, like, this bottle episode on characters we don't know. And slowly, I started to realize what they were doing with the episode. And if you have not watched and you want to be surprised, skip ahead a little bit because I'm about to spoil it. And I'm not going to talk extensively about it. So just skip ahead, like, two minutes. They... <laughs> They built their episode basically spoofing the Hart family. If you know that podcast, Broken Hearts, the two lesbian women, white women who adopted like five or six black children and ended up murder suiciding themselves along with their children. They drove off a bridge with all of the kids in the minivan. It's fucking horrible. Before that, they were starving them. Um, they were making the kids go to there was like a famous picture of the youngest kid hugging a cop uh, right after. Not George Floyd stuff, because that would have been before. But, like, after there was, like, stuff going on in the world, right? Where cops were murdering black people. And it's, like, a really horrific story. And Atlanta essentially spoofed that. When I realized what they were doing, I screamed. I could not believe it. I, I'm surprised about seeing more people talk about this online. But I have a feeling a lot of my listeners probably would care about this <laughs> and recognize it and it was so well done. It was so good. So yeah, that station eleven episode, but there are actually two station eleven episodes that were really fucking good. I think they're episodes five and seven. I'm pretty sure. Um so those two episodes in Atlanta season three, episode one. I'm sure there are other ones. I just can't think of them off the top of my head. I have a recency bias when it comes to T V <laughs> Okay. Oh, this is interesting. Is Holly Madison ever going to move past Playboy or is this her permanent brand now? This is her permanent brand now. Um, Holly knows that people don't really care about anything else from her. And she knows that because she has kind of been trying for the last 10 years and nothing's popped off. And Holly is now trying to, like, get into the influencing game. And she's smartly, wisely using... Girls Next Door and Playboy to be relevant and have something to talk about. I Like, I, here's the thing. What's there to move on to is what I would ask. Holly is a fucking nerd. She's a Disney adult. <laughs> like, I think her life is quite boring. I don't think she, like, goes out a lot. I think she just lives, like, a normal mom life that loves Disney. And, but she needs, she wants to make money as a content creator. So, she's going to talk about Playboy and just, and I mean, obviously also it was like a huge traumatic moment for her. Um, I've done a couple episodes on Holly on the Patreon. I did one where princess and I talked about her book, just her book. Uh, and then Stas and I did an episode talking about girls next door as a whole. And so I would definitely recommend listening to those, but I, I'm not sure that Holly, like, has anything else to talk about when it comes to creating content. I'm sure in her regular life she doesn't talk about it that much. But if she wants people to tune in, like, she's has to do girl next door recaps. You know, like, she has to do it. Okay. um, Have you ever read a book by Colleen Hoover? Thoughts. So, yes, I read um, V for Verity. Or is it just called Verity and V for Verity is a different book? think it's just called Verity and V for Verity is a different book that I read. (laughs) I read Verity. It was recommended to me. People, I was like looking for a new suspense and people were like, read it, read it, read it. Loved it. I was like, oh my God, this is so fucking good. I'd never really heard of Colleen Hoover before. I was like, I love this. I love, love, love this. I love like a, a cheesy, not incredibly written suspense like I lo- that's mixed with romance and I just I really like the type of book it was so and when I find that I like a book what I usually do is I go and read more books by the author right that's I think a lot of people do that and so I went to read more books by her and then I realized oh she writes like young adult romance and I was like oh no I don't like that. Like, that's not, it's just not the type of books that I read. So I, like, only made it, I don't know, maybe 25% in. And I was like, oh. And then I was, like, looking more into it. And I realized she had to self-publish the suspense book. Uh, And I was like, oh, this isn't how she writes? Oh, (laughs) like, I was so disappointed. That was, like, a real, real disappointment for me. So, yes, I've read Verity. No, I've not really read any of her other stuff because it's just not, necessarily for me I do like some I mean I do read like just regular fiction novels that are not historical fiction or well I love historical fiction but are not like suspense but I just don't like her I didn't like the particular book that I was reading and so I wasn't really interested in reading any of her other stuff um but I know people like fucking love her and I think that if you like that genre she's probably really good At that genre. So it's not really like a knock on Colleen Hoover. It's just I'm not interested in like her style. Current fashion beauty trends that you're into right now. Um, It's really hard for me to like think in terms of like what trends I like. Even though like obviously I like trends. I... I like flared pants coming back into style, even though I didn't think I did, but trends really influenced me. I wore turtlenecks all winter. I love a turtleneck. I love, um, like platforms coming back in. That's really fun. (laughs) I got these Birkenstocks that are white and black and they're the cutest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. So I love those. I love to part my hair in the middle. I'm really excited about the fun middle part coming into fashion, but I don't know. It's hard for me to, like, I don't, I don't know if I have, like, enough of an eye for fashion to, like, pinpoint, like, oh, I'm following this trend and doing this. Like, usually I buy, like, eight things that are within... Okay. It's no... Oh, my God. My Apple Watch always goes off. I usually buy things that are, like, eight pieces within a trend, and then I realize, like, oh, I like this trend. <laughs> but I... And I don't really wear a ton of makeup. Um, I, like, I'm just... I like fashion and beauty. I just don't think I'm, like, particular enough to specify what I'm into. Um, I mean, I love a nap dress. That fucking Hill House home. That fucking Hill House home has got me. It's got me. I love those fucking nap dresses. They're so comfortable. I love them. Um, I just bought some Laura Mercier. Is that how you say it? uh, tinted foundation that I'm excited, or tinted moisturizer that I'm excited to try because all the reviews on it were really good. I just literally, before we started recording this, I bought boob tape from this company called Good Lines, I believe. Uh, the videos and pictures look fucking incredible. And if I can find some boob tape that works, it's going to be a real game changer for me because I have huge fucking boobs. So wearing stuff without bras is really hard. I'm literally like looking around my bedroom right now at things That I like. Um, It's also like harder in winter. I'm obsessed with jackets. I bought way too many jackets in the last two years. I don't have a good place to store them, so I don't wear all of them. Um, But I love a good coat. Love, love, love. I am like super excited for summer right now because I always feel this way at the start of spring. And then I'm like, by July, I'm going to be like, I fucking hate summer. It's too hot. But I definitely am excited to start wearing summer clothes again. Um, I love a change of season. So it's weird. Like, I like fashion and beauty a lot, but I don't think I'm knowledgeable enough or aware enough of how I'm being influenced to be like, oh, yeah, I like that trend. Somebody asked, um, like, a good weekend getaway and I will tell you, I just because this is on my mind, I feel so desperate for some sun that I truly looked into flying to Florida from Friday night to Sunday night this weekend. But it's spring break, so flights were way, 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 way too expensive. Um, but so Florida, I would say West Palm Beach, like go there, and also just like I love going to the shore. Poconos is really fun. I don't really have a lot of, like, I go to the same places over and over again, you know? Like, a week in Getaway, like, I'm going to the shore for the weekend. Like, it's just, it's just what my life is. Uh, my favorite movie. It's hard for me to think in favorites. Um, I guess it's, like, Goodfellas is, like, one of my favorite movies. Bring It On is another favorite movie of mine. I love, like, the movies of my youth, but... I also love, like, a really just great movie. I haven't really... I haven't been seeing a lot of movies lately. For some reason at home, I'm like, I don't want to watch a movie. I'll watch eight hours of a television show, but I'm like, a movie? And I, like... My theater hasn't been getting any of, like, the good movies that I want to see. I really just, like, miss going to the movie theater all the time. And nothing has really been out. So my favorite movie, I guess, is Goodfellas. I mean, I really just... I think that's such an incredible film. Uh, kind of like with TV, like I like a lot of movies. I just don't necessarily think like this is my favorite about things in general. Like I don't think that about musicians. I don't really think about it with TVs or books or movies. I just have things that I like to watch. Okay. Somebody asked if you have any new book recommendations? So I read this book last, when I was in Seattle, called We Were Liars, which was good. Um, I did not realize really what it was about or what the ending was going to be like. And I was like really fucking upset, but like emotionally upset, which I like. So We Were Liars, I believe it's by E. Lockhart. Let me look at my Goodreads because I'm actually trying to track like the books that I finished. But the issue with this is that... Unfortunately, like, I give up on books a lot. It's just kind of what I do. It's, like, really easy for me to give up on books, um, especially on the Kindle. So I, like, have a lot of books that I've read, like, half of. And I'm like, well, do I count that? Because, like, I spent that time reading. I don't know. Oh, I read the Imp- it's called the Imposter Bride by Nancy Richler, which had some real fucking mixed reviews. But I really loved it. I read the Station Eleven book. I really like that. Obviously, it's not new. Um, another one that's not new, I read The Silent Patient by Alex Mecadelis. That was pretty good. Um, oh, actually, I really liked it's called The Second Life of Muriel West by Amanda Secondor. It's about like leprosy in America in the early 1920s. And I really didn't know anything about how America treated people with leprosy, which is not even the word that you use anymore. I don't even know what it's called. Um but it was I like felt like I learned a lot and it was enjoyable. So, yes, those are the books that I have read lately. I hope that you find one that you enjoy. I could probably look through my Kindle and like find all the ones that I've abandoned. And it's not necessarily cuz they're not good, but usually if like by halfway through, I just don't care. I'm like, okay, I just don't care. I'm done with it. Okay, everyone. Thank you so much. Hopefully next week's team Mom episode is more interesting, so I don't have to do an AMA. Go to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Liz Explains. And I hope everybody has a nice and lovely week. And I'll talk to you all again soon. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Solid Listen Network. Find me on Instagram at feathers underscore pod.